Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Each week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Danielle Ackles. Danielle, who uses she, her pronouns, is an actress, advocate, and producer. She is also a mom, a wife, and a dear friend of mine, and I am so excited to welcome her to the show today. Hey! Hello, hello. How are you? Good. So good to see you. So good to see you. I guess I should ask you how you've been. How's Austin? I miss Austin because I'm here in Colorado, so. See, but I love Colorado. It's it's like icy. It's everyone's freaking out, right? It's a low of five on Monday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is today good? I have not been outside. <laughs> Me neither. I could, oh, I could show you my, I don't think you can see it because of the light, but there's a lot of snow coming down. All yeah. The light. yeah, no, it's just cold. Um, they're saying snow on Monday, but I, yeah, as a person from New England, I'm like, I'm good. Like I've seen snow. Um, no, the brewery, I've been getting pictures from my brother um, over at our brewery and it's like covered in ice. All the trees, really beautiful, but um, very dangerous. So I don't think we're open. Um, but all the all the trees are covered in ice crystals. Kind of pretty, but you know, we got to be safe. But like I know we've mentioned this a couple times, but I think like the biggest thing with the pandemic um, that I've continued to go back to is just uh, like the privilege. And when when I think about when I get down, because you know we're all. We all have our days during yeah. it, really, you know, but when I get, when I get down about it, um, or nervous or anxiety, I've just been really just filled with anxiety. Like, oh, I don't want to get this and, you know, triple masking and, um, but we're privileged. We get to be up here in Colorado and not, you know, trying to go to the grocery store with 5,000 people. Instead, there's usually about six. <sighs> so, um, so yeah, that's, that's been one thing that I've, kept me in keeping things in perspective really yeah for sure of that when I try to get upset I'm like no you know there's people that are going going through so much you know but I feel you I we all we are all having it um especially you know with kids and stuff it's it's also nerve-wracking I think it's just put into perspective for people like how it's all affecting us. I think people like forget like, yeah, we're able to acclimate, but it's still like. Yeah, you just, you can't, but in those situations, you just count your blessings. You're like, okay, right. I, I have a big yard. My kids can go outside. I'm, you know, I'm not worried about waiting in food lines. And I mean, the level of anxiety that 
you know, that brings and, yeah. and all of that. But, you know, I've noticed changes in JJ for sure. Um, you know, she, we, we're up here, so she's completely online. Um, and we try to FaceTime with friends, which, yeah. uh, you know, any parents out there aren't doing that. It's, it really works for us. Um, you know, just getting to see her little friends, but she, we're out there playing and she met, um, we're out at the park playing, um, and she met a little girl and instantly it was her best friend. She came back and told me, she was like, I had so much fun playing with my best friend. It wasn't my new best friend. It was like my best friend. Yeah. Oh, and you know, <sighs> yeah. a pretty social creature. So I, I feel bad for her. The twins are fine. They have each other and they're four years old, you know, so they, they will actually pass through this whole thing and probably not even remember it. Yeah. Um, but JJ, and I, I haven't been as careful as I should be, or maybe not, maybe you should let them watch TV and know all this stuff, but you know, she'll walk through and she's like, how many people died today? Mm. Well, I'm going to tell her, you know, because I think, I think she's old enough to understand what this is. And, you know, it kind of brings home that point. Like we always wear our masks in the grocery store. We always, you know, but I think it does affect her because she wasn't used to, I think early on in the pandemic, we talked about people dying and she asked me about young people dying because she didn't realize that young people died. Heard mm. to her, she just, it was always like, no, old people die. When you're old, then you die, you know? But now it's kind of, it's all coming ahead she's like oh yeah okay so young people got kids can die too I'm like yeah they can so it's you know all of those depressing things we're yeah. that you try to shield your kids from and you try to keep them babies as long as you can but this has really put us all in a different position you know yeah but I think about that right now like as a person who is not a parent but has friends who are parents and raising children a during the pandemic but then also like this sort of resurgence around Black Lives Matter and then also like um, all the stuff with like when Trump was president of the conversations, like like I said, um, with Roseanne, uh, with Sierra just being very aware of things. Oh, yeah. um, but she like, she's her own little activist in a way. Like she will sit here and like, she was telling people like the like the, the reasons we use pronouns and why it's yeah. super important, like all these different things. And so for me, I'm always like, She's super cool. I see She's stuff on so Instagram cool. and I'm like, kid it is only seven so I have another like year to get it together you have time listen she's she's getting to her resurgence I mean she did ask you to do her own project around MLK day so I feel like she did um yeah I mean the, the sentence you just said a minute ago it's such a mouthful it's like everything that we've that's come to come to the surface this year has just been I mean Trump the end of Trump um and we all knew that was going to be the worst year I think you know mm-hmm. since that and um, just the social justice, the, just everything that happened, everything that happened. Um, and it's still happening. I know for a second we've, you know, the news has shifted and changed and pulled focus. And, um, and you know, we rightfully so, we need to talk about Joe Biden and, you know, the pandemic and everything, but we still have all the social justice issues did not disappear. Black mm-hmm. people are still being killed, you know? And I think, we should keep, we should try to keep the focus. Um, I definitely try to do that. You know, that's something we can't rely on the news to let us know what's going on all the no. time, you know, but, but I hope, I hope that continues and, and, you know, 
I see a lot of change in Austin. You know, we live in a city that's really progressive and making some great moves, um, which, you know, we're, we're blessed for that because I have a lot of friends in other places that are backpedaling, basically. Yeah, and I'm constantly telling people like, Austin with it, it is a super great place to live, but there's still like so much going on. Like it's still Texas. And so as a person who is ridiculously obsessed with politics and city council calls, and I just listen to them to listen to them. Um, but last week we were having the conversation around buying those pieces of property it was two hotels um, to start housing folks experiencing homelessness and listening to the testimony calls that came in of people who were super for it and then people who were super against it and I was like what was the what was the against it it was like the not in my backyard people it's like the people who want them to not be camping but don't want them near them is it wouldn't they rather be in a home with walls than you know under the freeway and tents I mean I don't I don't mind the tents um you know it doesn't impact me in any way and I think the only thing it does is it's like, it's a reminder and it's a very, my thoughts are always like, oh my gosh. And then you see like the tents and all of the belongings because you realize um, that these people have just started experiencing homelessness. They still have, you know, I'm sure you've seen this too, like artwork and dressers and parts of like part of their lives, you know? And it's just, that's the part I'm like, no, I don't want to see the tents because I don't want to see these people living like this, you know, mm-hmm. that's the heartbreaking part. And, and that's what's so frustrating. My aesthetic, you know, that's yeah. Ridiculous. And that's what's so frustrating for me. Cause like one of my first jobs was working with folks experiencing homelessness. And I think there's this thing of, of people choose to be homeless. And it's like, no, no, like no one would want to a have another thing in their life that like is a thing like a quote against them but it's also like like you're saying it's a lot of people who just started experiencing homelessness because they can't afford their rent because they're not working because of covid like all this stuff plays into into like a a cycle or effect and it's just like for me it was super frustrating listening to one woman who called and was like I just think it's super unsafe like for them to be up in this area. And I was like, and so I'm listening to her talk and she's like, you know, I don't want them near the school, the school kids. And it's like, well, I found out that like 28% of kids in Austin are experiencing homelessness. So it's like that, that number. And then also like, but they're building these, these hotels to be housing for them. And it's, they're going to have resources and, and people there to like, make sure that they can get back on their feet and, and, and have access to resources. And so it's just like, just it, it was just so interesting to like live here in Austin, this super progressive liberal place, and then also hear folks who are just like against it, and and the people who created the like Save Austin Now who are like against tenting. They put yeah. they made this language to sound like they were trying to protect Austin. They got back on the mail ballot to make tenting illegal again. So like, it's just it's just such a fascinating thing of like. I, th- I thought this pandemic would teach us like how fragile everything is. And like to hear these people who still just don't get it is mind blowing to me. Well, right. I mean, there are so many people in a place of one paycheck away from homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the statistic offhand, but it is, it's astonishing really. And, you know, and we, you know, my husband and I and Gino, who you've met, we own family business beer company, which you know, we have 12 employees. We 
were hit extremely hard, like everybody else in our industry and all restaurants and bars. And, you know, not to give so much personal information away, but a lot of our employees are living very close to that. Yeah. You know, they have student debt. So most of their paycheck goes to that. Austin's, you know, rental prices are like outrageous. Mm -hmm. it's, It's ridiculous. And so we were fortunate enough at least to be able to help, help them and keep them employed and then also keep them, um, with a paycheck through this, which is, you know, something I'm grateful for every day, because if we would have had to lose any employees, I don't think I could have handled that. I mean, that's really like, but it, but it's, but it's true that they, I could easily see some of those people in a situation that, you know, they wouldn't have ever wished for themselves. You know, this is, this has come out of nowhere and it's, and it's horrible. And, you know, and that's how I feel about the people that I see on the street too. It's like, that could be, that could be our sister. That could be our brothers. That could be, you know, our teachers, there's Mm -hmm. teachers out there. I mean, there's, you know, these are normal, good people that have just fallen on hard times, you know, a lot of them. And yeah, I think that's the stigma we need to get away from. And I, and I love the idea about the, about the hotels and the housing because it's a housing plan. It's giving these people a plan. So, you know, you're not just, because although the tent is great, it's a shelter over your head. It's not, it's not a plan that you can progress mm-hmm. into normal housing from, you know? Yeah. It's not safety air quotes. And then like one thing I was talking to someone about the other day is like, there's so much tied into housing. Like you cannot get a job if you don't have an address, oh, right? Like there's just, yeah. there's all these different things that like, this is why like housing needs to be like just a human rights issue and like a social justice issue is because people just need housing and then they can do all these different things after they get housed. Well, and just, I mean, imagine trying to go for, for a job where you've not been able to shower. You don't, you're, you're already nervous. Your confidence is down. You don't, you know, Mm -hmm. all, all of that. It's just, you know, it builds, builds upon, it builds upon, it builds upon until, you know, you're just overwhelmed and you can't get out of the situation that you're in. So I love the plan. I think it's great. Yeah. I think the other thing about homelessness in Austin, as a person who is black, who moved here from a very diverse place, like I'm from the Northeast, which is like this huge melting pot of people. And they come to Austin and and see not (laughs) that many diverse folks. And so um, talking about it this week of like, you know, Austin's black population is, only around 8%. And it yeah, shows that like, wow, really? yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's slow because I mean, I'm from Louisiana. So our, it's right. Um, I knew it was pretty white because you can just drive your car around and you're like, okay. Um, yeah. And then you go back to Louisiana and you, and to me, that's more real life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 8%, wow. Okay. 8%. So there's a study that shows like if a, if a major city falls beneath 10%, it may never recover. But then if we take that 8% of the Black population and then learn that 32% of people experiencing homelessness are Black in Austin. So like... Well, and I think the statistic, isn't it um, around 30 or 35% of Black people in Austin are below the poverty line? Because it's a pretty high percentage on that as well. 
Mm-hmm. Like 35 splits it west and east and significantly the east side's always been like more low income. Um, but now gentrification, all those no, folks are getting pushed. Not anymore. Not yeah, anymore. But- the house sales, I was trying to, because um, you know, we're having such an influx of people move in. I was trying to help a friend from California with the real estate market. And she mm-hmm. was in like area. She's like, oh, this East Austin plate looks so cool. And all the restaurants. I was like, yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> house is a million dollars, which is unachievable for most people, mm-hmm. the majority of people. The, yeah. Um, and especially the, the older residents of East Austin. I mean, you know. Even if you just talk about like the, ta- the taxes that have increased, like even if you own your house on the East side, now you have to go yeah. and pay all the taxes on it. And it's just like, I think that's the issue like with the homelessness to bring that background is like I think Austin's become this like touristy town I mean we have ACL we have South by and then we also like Elon Musk is moving here so like, there's all these like job oh, opportunities yeah. yeah but then it's also like rumors. like I, I I get a text message like every other day it's like Rihanna bought the Pease mansion I was like what <laughs> that's not I I I called my real estate agent. I was like, Rihanna moved here? That's Jensen's like, uh, what do you call it? It's like that celebrity crush. You, you yes. You're one celebrity. The, ele- the elevator list, like if you got stuck. In <laughs> She's on there. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Rihanna can't move to Austin. What if they run into each other? <laughs> in a way. It's um, oh, so uh, funny. But that's not true. I, I, the rumor is not true. But the Elon Musk one. Yeah, Elon Musk. Um, yeah, there's like constantly. I mean, we just got a major league soccer team. I so. know. I bought tickets to that, and I, I I'm really excited about it. Um, I got that for Jensen a couple of years ago when they started selling the tickets, and I was like, okay, because he loves sports, and you know, there's really nothing in Austin. Yep. So um, we'll have to go to a game together. Yeah. My so yeah, a, a couple of my friends work for. Austin FC um, but then another friend bought season tickets but he has to go for work he's like you can just have these I'm like <laughs> okay so yeah I, I I'm I in soccer. did you well you probably did because East Coast mm-hmm. yeah I grew up watching soccer going to soccer games like I went to I went to a very small college but soccer was huge at my college so yeah um I think I saw soccer for the first time maybe like my junior year of high school because Louisiana is just we don't they didn't do soccer yeah I grew up in a really small country town um and they they started introducing it because you know they have to introduce it to the little kids first and so I remember soccer being introduced into our town and people were like loving it and um but now it's like a regular thing but I because of that I still don't know any of the rules uh, I think what attracts me the most to soccer is like I love that the fans sing little songs and everybody has their own. Oh, there's. Do we have a song? We do. We have like a whole like. It's we like a download. We need to download stuff before I go to a game. <laughs> Got to load it in the car. Um, but yeah, there's like before it was even like like before like even they put the first part of like the turf down for the stadium. Like they already had like a fan base here like that goes wild and so yeah there's a whole there's a whole like culture around major league soccer in austin already which is super exciting because i feel like like you're saying we don't have sports here we can't yeah we'd have to drive i guess to houston or the spurs in san antonio that's true but 
yeah so I'm I'm super excited to like have a sports team here that'll be fun obese it's something to look forward to I mean like just the thought of getting together with large some people uh, this will sound weird but like to me the thought of like us all being together in like a big arena or going to ACL like that makes me almost want to cry I'm so excited I can't wait for that Uh. yeah that was the hardest thing like I love ACL so much like that's like the one thing I look forward to every year both weekends same yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm like calling people I'm like who's going is anybody going does anybody have tickets you know we're always because Jensen's always down to do one weekend and then the next weekend I just kind of fend for myself and see who's available please call me I love it so much like the the first yeah it's good (laughs) The first one I went to was in 2018 and it was just that Sunday, but Janelle Monet was singing and oh yes, it was yes. like her. And then, oh my God, what's his name? Oh my God. It, oh, really great. Fantastic. Black artist has a beard and a guitar. Oh, um, Gary Clark. Thank you. I was like, why am I blanking his name? Gary Clark played that evening and I was like, Austin. I, I'm not from here. <laughs> no, he's a, like, no, he was amazing. That, that was the best, like those two that day. And I was like, okay, great. Like life is complete. About, did you, um, Childish Gambino? Did yep. You oh man, that was a good one. So like when you say like, like concerts. And, and there's just always like surprises and it's so good. I'm well, sure. I also love like the smaller artists. Like there's this one guy, Patrick, that Patrick Dorn, Dornry, who I loved. Like he had like just came out with an EP and he played. And so like, I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm going to write that down. I'm, <laughs> so bored. I'm so bored of all my playlists. I will send you one of his songs and he's just like the best. And so I'm ridiculously obsessed with that. So yeah, that's like one thing I cannot wait is to go back to like sports. Like I grew up like being a sports fan. Like my my high school growing up, like we had every sport, hockey, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, like all of it. And then I grew up like as a musical theater nerd. It's like, I love all music. I love all theater. So just counting the moments until we are back in actual like real life people safety of like yeah I feel like the the end is near but then it's also like that I do too but but we gotta keep we gotta keep buckled down I you know I know we talked about this um but you know my both my parents have been vaccinated now so that was just like a huge weight and that really that was the first time I started feeling positive really feeling good I was like okay it's happening because I, I just didn't know anybody who had the vaccine yet yeah. um you know my dad's a healthcare worker and um I was really you know he's an ophthalmologist so he's right in your face mm-hmm. and um he's so nice my dad my dad is the nicest person on earth and I was like dad you know he's like well a lot of people come in I gotta give them a mask because you know we're in we're, <laughs> they live in Louisiana and you know, they don't, um, you know, and my dad's not the type, I, I just don't see him like, if somebody came in without a mask, he maybe let it slip. I don't know. You know, I'm just like, I'm so worried because he's so nice. Mm-hmm. But, so, and my mom's 70 with like heart conditions. So it was just, huh, that was the first time I was like, yes. Well, you were like, it's so close. <laughs> I see the light. They are vaccinating people and people are, you know, and and that's good. Cause I even saw, like, I even saw my parent, my mom is extremely social, mm-hmm. um, talks a lot, probably as much as me, but 
talks a lot. Um, and I just, we're Sicilian, so there's a lot of talking and gathering and wine drinking. And um, I was just so nervous that she would have, you know, COVID fatigue. And so that's, that's one good thing. I yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting watching the rollout here. So a friend of mine is a doula and her husband, I think, is a doctor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they both just got vaccinated this weekend. No, two weekends ago. And so we've been chatting a lot. She and I collaborate on a lot of projects together. And she's been like such an advocate of like hearing that like there's vaccines that like aren't getting used. And she's like, do you have anyone who works here like that you could know? And she's just like, please, like, because otherwise it goes to waste. And it's like, yeah. Uh, she's like I would rather someone use it than it just like sit on the shelf and go bad and not be used so I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this rollout goes especially here in Austin like Austin has a very like intense wait list but like if you go to like Round Rock Georgetown Pflugerville it's like you could basically like, show up and get a vaccination I'm like <laughs> how does this I think we need to do a better job of educating people we still have a lot of work to do from uh the groundwork that 45 laid for us you know he did some damage and I think that's, uh, you know, every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, oh, because, you know, I've, I've had friends that are eligible and I, I'm like, oh, you got to go get your vaccine. They're like, well, you know, I have a couple family members who are waiting. I'm like, well, for what? Mm -hmm. Well, we just wait to see if someone grows a third eye or, you know, I'm like, Ugh. so I, I try to lead with patience, <laughs> um, which is hard, but, um, you know, that's, I think we're all becoming practiced at that I think like I know we've talked a lot about the past four years mm -hmm. <laughs> you know there's a lot of people and I'm sure in both of our lives because of where we live and mm -hmm. where people just aren't seeing things for the way they actually are and um, especially this past year I've started just trying to lead with understanding and um, gosh just not fighting, not raising my voice. Cause I spent the first two years. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I spent the first two years fighting with people and, um, not having enough patience and not listening. Um, because you know, if someone doesn't agree with your views, you're not going to change their mind by screaming at them. Mm -hmm. not, you know, um, uh, we were on the podcast together. Who was it that said it wasn't Rev D maybe it was, or, who said the comment about, um, I want a seat at that table? Oh, I remember. It was either, either Baratunde or Daryl, but it was one of those two. It was Daryl. But I mean, Daryl's even a, a great example of, you know, he, the, a black man in the 60s going to meet with KKK members. But he did it because he knew you mm -hmm. don't take minds by fighting with people, you know? And it's like, it's really easy to say. Um, but it's hard for us to implement like in our own families mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and in friends of ours. Um, and, and it's hard not to just, your tendency is like, oh my gosh, you know, you, you, you agree with that. You, you, you like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you, you, we are not friends anymore. And um, I, I, I'm guilty of that on a couple <laughs> of occasions and it's wrong. It really is because that's not what we're called to do, you know? Um, I grew up Catholic and I'm still Catholic, but it's not like my, my spiritual heart tells me that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to sit down at the table with the person and we talk and we, and we listen to why they feel that way. 
you know, and I, God, Daryl could do it with the KKK. I could definitely do it with like Aunt Sue, you know what I mean? <laughs> Aunt like, Sue. It's just, but that is, that's one of the things. Um, and it was Reb D who said the, the best thing, you know, you can do as an ally in, in Black Lives Matter or in politics or in any of these things is go to the people you know mm-hmm. and change things around your circle because we can't get in that circle. And I thought that was really powerful Yeah, because you're the gateway to that circle. So instead of doing big, broad thing, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go to the protests. I'll, you know, Jensen and I pass out water. We'll do things. We'll sign up. I'll donate those things. But I've really worked. I've looked inside and kind of looked at my circle and what I could do to start changing the world around me, the, you know, the close world around me. I think we all do that. It seems simple but it's, it's actually really hard. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think that's the way for change towards in all these things that our country's dealing with right now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You bring up that panel we did, cause that was kind of like, that conversation was like my first time being like, could this be my full-time job? And that's like, so like last year I was able to start my own company, which is like, yeah, as of yesterday, it's like officially like LLC and marketed, which is terrifying. (laughs) It's, it's super scary, but here we are. Um, so yeah, like I started Brianna Jenkins Consulting last year and I've been doing like diversity, equity and inclusion training and then like public speaking all virtual the last year. And, you know, a lot of the time I'll go in and start with my personal story because I have found if I share my personal story and give that perspective, people can't argue with your lived experience, right? Like all these people who are like, it's not like this and you're making this up. And I'm like, you can't tell me the things that I have gone through. And so like, starting with that and telling people like you, like you were just saying, you have access to your aunt Sue, who was never going to talk to me, but you sit in and having the patience with her and knowing that like your job is not to persuade her. It's just to like, let her see a different side of things. And y'all can agree to disagree and like not yell, but even still like one of my really close friends, her fiance voted for Trump and him and I, I sat with him and I was like, why tell me why? Cause like, no shade but he's not like a super he's a plumber like he's not this super wealthy man who's like benefiting from task cuts biggest irony like that's the thing i talk about all the time with my friends we're sitting there i'm like how did a socialite with a gold toilet convince all of these people that have like just regular blue collar workers that they have something in common with him that's the biggest thing i'm like he shits on a gold toilet, y'all. I mean, granted, look, it's probably plated, knowing him. No. You know, but still, it's just like, what? That's the biggest thing, you know? Yeah, and I tell people, I'm like, so like when I first started talking to friends and, you know, um, he got elected and my, one of my friends like, you know, I know I vo- it was a woman. She's like, I voted for him, but, you know, I still stand with you. I'm like, you voted for a racist. So I don't understand how you can say that in the same breath. Like, I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. I literally have no feelings towards you right now. Like for him the second time? She did not vote at all the second time. She's like, I couldn't vote for, she, the first time was like, I couldn't vote for Hillary. And I was like, okay. And the second time she's like, I couldn't vote for Biden. So I just didn't vote at all. I'm like, okay. Ouch. Yeah. So I was like, okay. But it's, it's been interesting like you're saying, seeing folks the last couple of years who did vote for him on the other side and then now are like, oh my gosh. And it's it was interesting during his impeachment, like how many people started jumping ship. And I was like, where was this energy the last 
<laughs> four years. Right. Yeah. Like, like all of a sudden you're, you're finally seeing the bad because he's going to trial again, or it took the insurrection. And that was a whole different, a whole different can of worms for me. Cause I was just so angry. I was shocked. I watched it with my mom on the phone and she was like crying because, you know, I think especially for older people, mm-hmm. something like that, she, it was just like, what? Oh my gosh. And he's not even going to stop it. Where is he? Is he going to even say, you know, and they just, uh, it, you know, it was heartbreaking. It really was. And, a lot. And, yeah. A lot of me and my black friends were texting. We're like, we, we weren't surprised because obviously like this is the America we have known of like, we know that these people exist and like watching the cop. I was surprised. I was surprised. I just, well, I guess I had more of a, um, and you and I have texted about yeah. I was like, where is the picture? Because we I was like, where is the picture of the Black Lives Matter protests? Because there are no cops at this protest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess in my mind, I just thought, well, the police will be lined up, like, because it's the capital. Mm-hmm. Don't they have a lot of military at the capital? I was, so I was just shocked. And they were just letting the people go through. I think it's, I think that's what it was is like you can see the the visual difference of how the insurrectioners were treated versus peaceful protests for black lives matter were treated but still people were like well they weren't uh i was reading comments and they were like well they weren't uh beating up the cop i'm like yes they (laughs) were they're stealing property stealing property hitting them over the heads with things i mean i was like no 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 there was there was definite fighting going on so yeah that that should have been an eye-opener. Well, there should have been so many eye-openers. <laughs> that should have been a big eye-opener for everybody. Um, and that we just, it's its scary that we've all become so desensitized to stuff like this, you know? And five days later, you know, we're watching different Republicans come on, tell, oh, you know, well, it's not that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. It is that big of a deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. You know? Watching all, watching all them be like, you know, you're choosing now to use this opportunity to try to like impeach him. It's like, we've been trying this for four years. Like, this isn't like a new thing. Like in, in some of them talking about how violent the Black Lives Matter protests were, but yet not talking about this. And I'm like, there was literal people who had um, like zip ties. There were bomb threats, like all the stuff that was going on. But yes, you're right. Like the section of video where the people are walking through the Capitol and they're like, Nancy, oh, it's creepy. And no, uh, and there was a noose outside and they were, you know, they had ropes. They wanted to hang Mike Pence. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. People were like, oh, they weren't going to do it. I'm like, my ass, they were. They were. If if they had it in like watching AOC afterwards and her her video, I'm just like. Oh, it was horrible. And what really got me is the grown men. I don't know if you saw the grown men who went back and said, well, she, that's, that's ridiculous. Cause she wasn't even any, any harm's way. She would, but she didn't know that she didn't know that those people weren't right outside her door. She mm-hmm. did not know that. And so that is her truth. That is how she felt. And I guarantee you any of those people in that situation would have been shaking in their boots just like that. Um, and I just, I, I, I don't even know where I saw the video of the one representative who was like, well, you know, that's, she's overplaying this because she wasn't even in harm's way. I'm like, you are a 60 year old man 
telling this young girl that her, she did not have a right to feel scared when there is an insurrection going on and massive people with weapons have entered a building where she is and she's locked in place. Yep. That was your daughter. You'd be losing your mind. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you know, you know that I want to run for office eventually. I, I don't think. Wait. I told you. I'm like, we're now <laughs> boots on the ground. We're doing it. Tell me when and where. I think we should go big though. I don't think we need to start small. <laughs> I think we go big. Just swing for the fence. Yeah. But like looking at that, I was like, I don't think I want to do Congress because I don't want to live in DC. Like I, I'm not a DC sort of gal, I don't think. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. But that's where we but need you. That's what everyone keeps saying. Like, I want you in Congress. I'm like, oh my God. So. We need you. Yeah. No, you can't. And you can't let those kind of things scare you because that's, that's exactly the intention. Yeah. Exactly. The intention is to scare progressive young people from being the people we need up there the people that are actually living like we're living yeah and living our lives and you know I bet half the people that are in congress right now more than half don't know what pronouns are and don't know why we're using them and don't and it's not even relative to to our daily lives Mm. you know and that's and also not a reflection of our country at all right we're not going to get anywhere till we have that diversity and so I, we need you. So don't <laughs> let this scare you. I know I always laugh because I'm always like, I'm going to run for office. And I feel like when I tell you, you're like, okay, well, what's the next step? What are the yeah, plans? Right. And I'm like, I'm not talking to her anymore. we have been talking about it for a while now. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Watching Corey Bush out of Missouri. And like, I had a phone call with her when I was working at this tech company and just talking to her about like, she ran three times before she got elected and why she ran. Um, she's a black nurse. She's a single mom. And she just, she actually won her race and like watching her testify during the impeachment hearing. Yeah. I was like, Cory Bush. Yeah. So I don't know. We have some time. The next like Congress race is a little while away. So okay. who knows? Yeah. But I mean, the, the more stuff, I think that's, what's been one of the most beautiful things about living in Austin is like, the amount of like obsession people have with our politics of like not only Austin but it being the capital of Texas with the governor living here there's just so much stuff constantly going on so I don't know it's going to happen I just have to decide what I want to run for if I ask you it's going to be president at this point so (laughs) yes we can start there I'll start start there one thing about Donald Trump that he taught us is we we can start there true uh that's true well i am super excited you sat and chatted with me this was so nice it was so good to see you you. i adore you um and i and and you're just always you're always keep i have to say every time you text me like oh are you listening to (laughs) are you listening to the city council meeting i'm like oh no brie (laughs) i'm listening to kids screaming but um but I love, I love how passionate and involved you are and you, you inspire all of us. I know all of your friends are inspired by you to, to be better citizens and live better. It's true. It's, Thank you. I appreciate that. I will talk to you anytime. <laughs> Any t- don't say that. We'll start doing Instagram lives all the time. So don't, I love don't. it. You got to teach me how to do Instagram lives though we will we will we'll we'll start we'll start doing some um at the end of each episode I do like to ask my guest a final question as sort of like a palate cleanser and the question is 
what is the best advice you've ever been given or what is a piece of advice you would give your younger self? So it's a two part. Well, I guess a piece of advice um, I would give my younger self. There was a, um, I'll share a little personal story with you. There was a, um, when I first moved out to Hollywood, uh, my maiden last name is Grawl, G-R-A-U-L. Um, and it's a German name, although, you know, my parents, I think, going all the way back, uh, I don't even, Julia Ward Howe, actually, who wrote The Battle Hymn of the Republic, is my great, 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 great aunt. And that was in, they were in Washington and Pennsylvania, so so really, I'm a northerner. <gasps> Welcome. Mom's family first generation. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not <laughs> even from the South, come to find out. But um, but anyway, so like it's not like my family grew up. I didn't, there's no germ, I don't know any family in Germany. So when I first started in Hollywood, I had um, an agent. He was like, You can't have that German last name. That's not gonna work here. It's too weird and strange and gruff and it just it's mean. I was like, Okay, all right. So he's like, change it. And I lived in um, Harris subdivision. So I changed it to Harris. This is a long story. Like I said, I got it um, and so I changed my name. And I think that started uh, just a, a lack of authenticity for me. I never felt, um, I never felt like I was being true to myself. It wasn't even really my fault. It was just, you know, I had this agent. You just listen mm-hmm. to the people you think know best. Um, and, uh, and so I changed my name and that started this whole path, you know, and I, I kind of stumbled onto acting. It wasn't something I was in school for, although my mom was like our little theater director in our town. So I, I had a lot of background, but, you know, I just had this sense of, of not being authentic because, you know, my name wasn't my name and I didn't go to school for this. And I would have just told my younger self, like, have some confidence, you know, be you. I would have also said, don't change your name that's BS. But um, if I could just give my, my younger self confidence or um, some advice, it would just be to have more confidence, you know, and, and be proud of who exactly who you are in all aspects of life. You know, that would be, that would be it. That is beautiful advice. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, thetewithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.